Hello and welcome to another episode of 10,000 Hours. I'm Grant Spanier and I'm joined by my co-host. That's me, Vince Kochi. Hey, thanks for being here, Vince. I appreciate that. Thanks for having me. Uh, today, today is episode eight uh, with Joseph Kiefler, uh, who is the co-founder of Just Hum, a really cool app for songwriting. He's also the creative director at a company called Audiophile and an all-around awesome dude. Also the illustrator and writer oh, thank of you. a new children's book. Really, man, a, a jack of all trades, but that's that's not even doing him correct service. He's, He's a master of, yeah. exactly, a master of many trades and a very interesting guy. We sat down and talked about creative investment, whether that means what you put your time into, what you put your energy and emotion into, and finding balance between the things in your life, be it family, projects, work, etc. It's a tough balance to strike, but Mr. Kiefler does it amazingly. You know, sometimes uh, to strike a balance like that, you need to be really productive. I found uh, you need to use your time wisely. And I'd like to thank today's sponsor, uh, which is Smile Software, and more specifically Text Expander, which is a, an application that I use every single day. Really Great cool product. application. Yeah, it's and it, it makes me way more productive at the end of the day. Basically what it does is uh, I have shortcuts set up for canned responses or abbreviations or, uh, for example, like my email address, my Twitter, my, my website, my portfolio, uh, directions to my studio. Um, I can type a couple of keys that I've pre-set up and boom, it expands into a full snippet and honestly, man, it just saves me a bunch of time. It's great. I just it's, don't have to think about it stuff. It seems strange to someone who's never used it, but the amount of time and energy it saves you on an hour-by-hour basis is frankly somewhat astounding. Yeah, I would say especially for people uh, like like canned email responses. Sometimes when you just send a bunch of emails that are like in the same form, it's just, man, I got, whatever. I love this product. I would uh, I would definitely well made, recommend checking well it out. Well implemented. Yeah, so um, if you you can you can go to free, get a free demo uh, of Text Expander at smilesoftware.com slash text expander, and additionally uh, go to our page which is uh, at smilesoftware.com slash one zero k h r s. Go uh, go download it, check it out. Uh, I use it on on Mac, and you can also get it on uh, on your iPhone. So it's it's just great, man. Really, truly is great, and a great sponsor for another great episode. If Ooh. I do say so myself. <laughs> Wish I had a bell or something to hit, man. I'm just like pumped, you know? We need percussion instruments. What are we going to Hey, listen, I think I'm going to put this on the record a la Vince style of of holding ourselves accountable. Let's get some (laughs) percussion instruments. Let's get some, I don't know, if that's cymbals or if that's maracas, tambos. Yeah, man. Get them up in here. Regardless, uh, it's a very musically inspired episode, so I hope this is getting you in the mood. Uh, Go enjoy episode eight with Joseph Kiefler, and we're talking about creative investments. See you there. Or I'll see you at another time. (laughs) I I would ask what you're wearing, but I already saw you on the video, so... Well, that was just the top half. Oh, <laughs> party, party down below, conservative. I respect up top. that way too much. Um, Vinny, I'm kind of curious. Although I, I think I know, and it's kind of sad. But I'm curious what you've been working on lately. What have I been working Besides, on lately? Well, it's sad. I say it's sad because it's like I know you're in the middle of a move, right? That's right. Uh, last couple of days have been putting my life in boxes, putting those boxes in bigger boxes, and hauling them to a new apartment. It's been a lot of fun, but a lot of work. I'm recording live from my girlfriend's walk-in closet, uh, so <laughs> if you can hear the words bouncing off dresses and stuff, I apologize, but... I've found a little time, but that time's been mostly devoted to to work, actually. Uh, my office job, I've been scrubbing some talent, uh, some talent snippets for a radio, a couple of radio spots I wrote. So I'm trying to select the the right people for the job. That's a lot of fun, but it's a lot of work, you know. You gotta get it just right. I was picturing you just like physically scrubbing some people. Yeah, I got like spit shine. I got one of those, what are those rags? 
uh, they used to sell them Stripper? on infomercials? Norwax. Oh, the... What are they? Norwax. <laughs> I don't think that's what I was thinking of. But basically, you that's got one I of those think. rags that never... Oh, it they... should be what you're thinking of. <laughs> Microfiber. So for, for our listeners, that that lovely, beautiful voice, um, is that a Mr. Joseph... Correct me if I'm wrong, Kiefler? Kiefler? Oh, you got Kiefler. it. Kiefler. Kiefler. Um, and that, that's what you go by, right? Is, uh, Joseph, correct me if I'm wrong. That's your middle, middle <laughs> well, name. That's right just here. all one prolonged first name. <laughs> Joseph, oh, correct nice. me if I'm wrong, Kiefler. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I actually go by, I have just have a middle on, initial. Man. I have a middle initial, like Ulysses S. Grant. <laughs> oh, nice. He didn't actually have a middle name? No, just an initial. God, that's so cocky. I like I it. I love it. I also, I like his last name. All right. <laughs> Perfect segue. Hey, Grant, what have you been working on this week? I've been working on recovering from knee surgery. <laughs> no, I started working with a really rad startup called Gumroad. Been doing some cool presentation design stuff with them and some, some landing page stuff and just general design. So that's been good. They're like an awesome client. And let me just say, pro tip, um, from a freelance standpoint, getting San Francisco clients is great um, because you can sleep in later and operate on that schedule. Nice. Very good to know, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think the question then goes to Mr. Joseph, who I met when he was working at Zeus Jones, which is a really cool creative shop in, in Minneapolis and now San Francisco. And uh, currently he is the creative director at Audiophile, which I'd like to hear a little bit more about. Sure. And, and he is a co-founder yeah. uh, of Just Hum, which is a, a really cool app for songwriting. Which has gotten a lot of traction, gotten some cool stuff. It's a really good thing. So, so Joseph, what are you putting your time into right now? Uh, well, I, which is an apt question for our topic. We got to circle back to that. Oh, we will. Okay. I've been working on a number of things. I mean, the the long, ridiculous intro you just gave me would suggest that I'm fairly busy. But um, I am working on home. You know, Aaron and I, Aaron Shiki, my co-founder. He and I are prepping for a pretty significant update with some Dropbox integration and I am certainly keeping busy at work um, I can circle back about audio file in a second mm-hmm. and I got a family kids wife and then I recently signed a book deal with Harper Collins so I'm in the process of doing some final edits on a book that will be released through um, through Balzer and Bray, one of their imprints, in the fall of 2015. So, um, a lot of apps, a lot of book stuff, and then a just, lot of everything. Yeah, the digital, the physical. You're bridging all the gaps. Bridging the gaps. So I'm curious. I mean, well, I know Vinny. We should probably introduce our topic, but I'm so curious about this book. What, what is the book you're working on? Uh, it's called The Pond. It's a children's book. It's about a a little boy who discovers the pond in his backyard is forever deep. And on the other side is a magical world of creatures and monsters and adventure and thrills and frights. Um, so yeah, it's a children's book, writing and illustrating. That's cool. That's, that's pretty cool. And you write and illustrate the whole thing single-handedly. It's all me. Nobody else is responsible for it. That's awesome, man. That's great. (laughs) No, I, I mean, I do write and illustrate, but my agent and my publisher um, I'd be lying if I didn't say they haven't helped me focus the the quality of it, certainly. But yeah, I, I do both the writing and the illustrating. It's, I mean, that's like the real, um, that's like the long, the long dream that I've been chasing for, for a while now. Wow, I did not know this. Yeah. So end, end game kind of might be that? Uh, well, I mean, who knows what the end game is, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, hopefully it's it's a world where all of these things blend and create some more interesting single thing rather than a thread of seemingly unrelated efforts. You know, mm. and that is such a great segue. I mean, you can tell you're a pro because that's just a perfect segue <laughs> into our topic today. And we're calling it creative investment. And basically what it means is what we choose to put our time into and how we balance those things. Yeah, and I got to imagine, man, it's a tough balance over there. Uh, Family, writing and illustrating. And I've seen those illustrations. And I got to be honest, man, like I look at design and illustrations of all day and those are like really up there. Truly, beautiful stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm. I'm not just pandering here. I'm not like. I'm serious. It's great. No, I appreciate it. 
Um, yeah, and on I mean, top of that, I, right, a career and being an entrepreneur, like all of the above, check all boxes. Check them all. Success is not yet checked, though. I mean, the yacht. There's like the, the yacht. Carrot. The yacht the box. Carrot. Yeah, the oh, yacht yeah, box the has yacht to be box. checked. Um, no, you know, I don't think, you know, it's it's hard to explain to a person who isn't who isn't part of this isn't part of this culture. You know, a culture of people who are are just curious by nature and and who have spent years being taught by smarter people how to pursue those those curiosities um so for for guys like you i think it's easy for me to say like listen i i just make very very deliberate decisions about how i choose to spend my time and and i think you would probably understand that for for people who aren't in this industry and this isn't me trying to patronize or anything but it's kind of the fact of of people who aren't creative by profession, um, I, it is a little bit harder to explain that. Like, listen, I don't watch television. I don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have a television and I watch it. I'm not trying to be a pretentious, yeah. you know, hipster or whatever. But <laughs> I, I'm just very, I'm very deliberate about making the most of my time. Um, and and I happen to have really great support in the form of my wife, Nikki, um, Aaron on the, on hum, you know, he's super, he's super smart and super talented and my agent and my, you know, my editors and, um, and my coworkers at audiophile, I have a lot of people around me that make it okay for me to, to focus so much of my time on things. But I think the most important, I mean, it it starts with me, you know, it starts with me not really having much of, of a life, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, and it helps that all my friends moved out to San Francisco and New Hampshire and Portland, and, you know, they're spread across the country. So I don't have very many people to hang out with. So if you guys want to invite me over sometime, <laughs> yeah, man, you we'll know, hang like, out. listen, we're fixing we can get that. together. <laughs> um, but you're bringing donations. up a really interesting thing, man. Do you then postulate to have this level of amount of things going on? You kind of have to let go of a social life to some degree? Uh, I think so. I mean, I have children, so immediately I've knocked off like 90% of my social life right there. You know, and then the uh-huh. remaining How 10... How old are your kids? What's that? How old are your kids? Uh, I have a, an 11-year-old and a, and a uh, 18-month-old. Whoa. Uh, the 11-year-old is my, my wife's. She, uh, had, she had unprotected sex as a teenager. So that'll be a lesson to you kids. These things can um, happen. But it's awesome, you know. This is a lesson-filled podcast. <laughs> um, so yeah, but that's a whole other thing. I mean, Jonah, who's the eleven-year-old, it's like it's just such great fuel for your creativity to have children around. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I do, I do give up my my social life to a certain degree. Um, you know, I, I fill all of my hours with with productive tasks, at least to the best of my ability. I'd be curious to hear a little bit of a, of a breakdown of your time right now. I'm sure this changes depending on deadlines and, and how that works. But like right now, what does your time look like? Um, so my time is up at about 6.15 and that's like standard morning tasks. Sometimes I like manage some of my book related business, like emails to my publisher and stuff like that early in the morning. Um, at work by, you know, typically eight or eight thirty. Done by like five, um, and I'm working. If I'm riding the bus, I'm working on my books on the bus, or I'm working on home stuff on the bus. And then I'm home. I'm like doing family stuff. If if it's a night that we have Jonah, until about ne- about uh, eight thirty, you know, and then I start to like get on my computer and work on my book stuff, hum stuff. Aaron and I will typically work till about 1230, whether, whether it's on hum or my books, I'm up, I'm working until about 1230 or one. And then I'm up at six, six thirty, and starting it all over. So it's like a really, it's like a really compartmentalized day, you know, starts with books and hum, big chunk in the middle with work, then ends with books and hum. And, it's really just about managing the highest priority things. You know, if we've got mm-hmm. something specific that needs doing on the hum side, 
you know, I focus on that. But you know, for people who aren't in the publishing world, uh, they don't realize how slow how slow that industry moves. For the ad guys really? in the room, you know, <laughs> it's like, you know, I, I started with them like they would send me edits, and the next morning I'd have them done in, in their inboxes, and then it would be like a week, two weeks before we really like focused on them again. So the book stuff comes in fits and spurts, which makes it easier oh, nice. to focus on home. Yeah. I'm, um, so what are you, what are you doing at Audiophile right now? So Audiophile, we are, <clears throat> um, we're an app developer. So we make Mac and iOS apps for musicians, engineers, and just in general, the musically minded. So we're, you know, we're launching a bunch of very, uh, like a variety of Mac products, and they're really focused on like the professional musician, professional recording artist competitors to like Pro Tools and Ableton and mm-hmm. stuff. They're called the the flagship is called Triumph. Um, and then we also released recently uh, this app called Vio, which is a vocal processor, which has been pretty like surprisingly successful. It's at like six hundred thousand downloads right now. Wow. So. Wow. Um, yeah, it was like this weird period where I had just signed a book deal with HarperCollins and Hum had just been featured as best new app and mm-hmm. Via was in best new app. So it was like this crazy period wow. of Jeez. just, you know, like Pretty fun little week. successes. Yeah, it was a good <laughs> week. I had mentioned that to Vince. I was like, I, I know that you guys had been featured as best new app. I, I, had, I had seen a presentation from Aaron, your co-founder, I like that a mobile tech meetup or something recently. Yeah. And um, I don't think he really addressed this, but he had mentioned that you guys were a best new app. And I was curious, how does that translate? Like, what does that mean? You know what I mean? In terms of downloads or I guess, what do you guys have a business model or? So we, we do have a business model, but we're, uh, well, let me answer your question directly. Yeah, sorry. It, um, it means a significant bump in, in traffic. And so, you know, I think it was like a 200% decline in traffic when the the features ended. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty common that like some of the other apps, Triumph and VO have both been featured. So I've seen it, I've seen the pattern replicate a number of times. So it just means significant traffic, but, but the app store is this totally like strange black box it's impossible (laughs) to understand which makes sense i mean it's like a living thriving marketplace filled with millions of consumers so to be able to predict it would make you a very rich man um Mm -hmm. it just means energy you know and and uh, our business plan is has has less to do with the app that's in the app store now and more to do with some pretty significant um plans uh for the future and i can't i don't really want to go into those specifically when the record button is on, but sure, sure. Um, we're using hum to power the after hour show. What's that? The after hour yeah. show. We'll say that. Um, we're using hum. What's there now. And what we will be building on top of what's what on the stuff that we'll be building on top of the existing product. We'll be using that to power something much bigger. Um, and that's really where the business model comes in. We're seeking funding right now um, in, con- in communication with a variety of investors um, across the country. Hoping. We have a lot of VC, VC listeners, probably. Well, if you've got some VC listeners, VC listeners, <laughs> they can reach me at joseph at justarm.com. There Perfect. it is. <laughs> and hey, we take a, a small 5 to 10%. Now you're um, talking. Yeah. Referral fee. Yeah, yeah. Five if it's less than a million. Right. Yeah. Right. Good so idea. More, so. so you mentioned something way. over that last. Uh, period about energy and it being all about energy and so this is kind of a a subject that i wanted to touch on more than anything else in this discussion and that's i mean time is one thing it's a finite resource and the way we divide our time is important and it's worth talking about but i think maybe more important than that and correct me if i'm wrong is how we divide our energy and our emotional output to each of these different facets of our life and does the energy that you get to do family stuff does it come from the same well as the energy that you get to do entrepreneurial stuff or authorship stuff or career stuff yeah i mean i think it does the the beauty of well you know i i could could answer this in a number of ways let me start by saying um 
I loved Zeus Jones, and it was one of the most amazing and really defining three three and a half years of my life. Um, but it it just consumes a lot of you. You know, they're they're a great shop that works harder than any shop I've ever encountered in my life, and it became this thing where. Um, this is totally a tangent, my gosh. Please. Um, no, that's okay. I was really curious about this time because this is when I met you. Yeah. And uh, I, I can talk about that, but like, I was, I'm curious to hear you talk about this. So please, tangent away. Um, well, it just, it, I started to feel like there wasn't, you know, I was building brands and businesses for other people and great brands, you know, amazing brands with the best clients and some of the smartest people in the business. Um, but, I started to feel like there was a, a wall being built between this passion and energy that you mentioned a moment ago, you know, the personal passion and energy mm. and the passion and energy I'm having. I felt like I was having to build it. I was having to manufacture. And I don't mean that in a derogatory, um, in a derogatory way, but I was having to manufacture passion and energy to pump into these businesses. And if it wasn't being manufactured, it was being siphoned from, from that well that I had to focus and, and point towards my own things, you know, like dog food and Purina is amazing. They're a great brand. And, um, one of the finest brands I will probably ever work with, but it's not like, you know, it's not like I have an infinite well of passion for dog food. Right. You know, right, so exactly. like you're having to like, and you guys know Tasty, this, but I mean, yeah, I mean, it's good for, for brunch, but not lunch <laughs> and dinner. Um, you guys know this though, you know, you're having to, to do great work means that you're doing it with, with passion and that passion for other people has to come from somewhere. So that was a long tangent. And I, I, I felt like I got to this point where I needed to, I needed to, to do myself the, I needed to honor my passions for my own things mm -hmm. and start to make some decisions about where I was working, you know, starting to free myself to work in environments that allowed me to foster my own personal stuff and then direct it towards my own efforts, um, rather than towards other companies. Um, was that even an answer of any kind? It was, it, great. It was an answer. It was a great I mean, answer. It was an answer to questions I had that maybe we didn't even ask. Okay. But seriously, I, th I think that's a really interesting thing because when we talk about entrepreneurship and doing your own thing, there's a huge cliche of, you know, finding what you love, do what you love. And it seems like that lies outside of corporate world and any sort of job. Um, and so there's this weird kind of balance with people trying to like do their own thing. And like, you know, they have a job that seems, I actually said this to Vince earlier. I was talking about um, just briefly, like kind of briefing him on, on my relationship with you. And I was mm -hmm. like, when I met Joseph, he was at, at Zeus Jones, which to me was one of the coolest shops. I was like, wow, if there's one place I would work, it seems like this is maybe the one in Minneapolis or whatever. And um, and you did not seem satisfied. Like, you, you were. Like, you were. Again, not to... Yeah, not no, that, no. But it was just like, there was that sense. Well, there's, there's satisfaction in, like, total 100% fulfillment. And, right. I, and I guess I wasn't there. And I think... Um, so I started to like, I went to audiophile because they're a small company. I played music for years before I went to design school. Um, and so I have a long history in music and, um, you know, had played in bands and, and done that whole thing. So I wanted to get into a day job that allowed, like helped to build more passion, you know, like it replaced yeah. my day job, that professional world again, which was amazing. And I couldn't do what I have done and will do without Zeus Jones. But, um, suddenly I was working a day job where I'm surrounded by music and products and a super small company building a company around a thing that I truly and, you know, 100% honestly love. There's no part of me that has to lie about music. Wow. Um, so, uh, so then I think that change helped. Yeah. To like turn my whole life into a source of, of inspiration, you know, for books and for that stuff, certainly, Certainly my children and my family are probably, a, a, I would say, a majority of, of that. They, they, they account for or provide me with a majority of that passion. You know, seeing my children and seeing them do funny things inspires me to, 
to come up with stories or whatever. And then my day job was connected to hum and suddenly those things were related and I was learning things I was learning on the hum side. I could apply to audiophile and things I was learning from audiophile I could apply to hum. And um, so, yeah, I think for me anyway, because I'm fortunate, I feel very lucky that I'm working on things that are very connected. There are blurred lines between all of those things. You know, my professional life relates to my personal history my books relate to my children and my family relates to my day job and how we pay the bills and, and all of those things. It's one big slush. And, um, you know, and I think, I like to think of it more of a, of a snow cone. Uh, yeah. A snow cone, I'd say with a variety of colors of a variety of, of dye <laughs> sprinkled onto that cone. Man, that is, oh, that's tasty. That is a great, that's something I just hadn't really considered, but it makes all the sense in the world now. That the more interconnected your pursuits, the less it feels like you're being stretched between a thousand different things. And it more seems that you're draped over one central thing. Right. Yeah. Or or a, a hub or a pod of things. Yes. You know? Yes. And, um, like, don't kid yourself. There are days where I cry. I'm so frustrated. Mm. You know, there are days where, like, I don't have it and I need to, like make an edit or I need to complete something and it's just not there because I'm exhausted and there are, and you know, it's another tangent, but in my own process, I have consumption phases and I have, you know, creation phases and I have to be very aware of where I am in that cycle. If I've been creating too much and if I've been relying on the blogs and the, the, you know, the, the industry that I am feeding, if I've been relying on it too much for my own sparks, then I go in a, basically like a no creation phase, at least in my personal life. Mm. You know, I don't work for a night. I watch an old film or I read a book or I go for a walk. You know, I shut the computer and I, I have to, I have to create those phases where I give myself more to eat, to eat, I have to feed, you know, you have to feed the machine and keep the walls full. Yeah. And I think people that people that only feed off of the industry are missing something, you know, your work becomes predictable or your work becomes, you know, I don't know. Yeah. We've talked about that before, which is, I mean, a tangent of that, which is pretty close, especially for people who are kind of searching for something is a lot of people are just looking for like something and they end up looking for it in all this other content when really creating their own stuff is what's going to help them find it. And so they right. end up, you know, just reading, 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 consuming, consuming, consuming. And it's just like this endless stream of stuff because there's so much stuff out there. Right. Yeah. And you just go in a hole. Right. Exactly. I mean, there has to be, there are, you've got to, you've got to give yourself more dimensions to, to build off of you know you cannot just be design work life and graphic exchange and now i'm gonna make some logos you know right. and there are people that we see who who do it so much better than others it's like the the forms and the shapes yeah like look to those places but then go elsewhere go to the woods you know go look at nature go do whatever um and that keeps you interested it keeps you interesting it keeps you passionate because those are the things nobody is going to say that the that the the passion that I am driven that I'm driven by is found in the blogs. You know, the blogs are where people that where people publish the things they're passionate about. But you know, it's not like it shouldn't be the beginning of your passions of your search for passions. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense, and I think it's very valuable to keep in mind that if especially if someone has a lifestyle like yours in which you need to be hyper productive the majority of the time to take this time to not be productive speaking literally but in a more technical sense you are being productive because you're refueling in a way so to right. be to yeah. maximize your productivity there needs to be times when you're not productive i.e. when you're recharging when you're refueling when you're consuming as you put it and I think too too frequently people forget that and they look at that as downtime, whereas I don't really feel it's downtime per se. 
No, I mean, you if know? you're smart about it, you know, if you're, if you're deliberate about it, you know, and you're like, you're kind of quietly plugging those things into the archives to pull off of later, you know? And I, I mean, like, I, I feel like I'm being, I'm sounding like a, like a critical jerk, you know, I don't, I don't, no, no, I don't judge people for watching girls. Exactly. I've done it's it. I think, you know, um, but I think it's just sort of the reality of my process. Dude, that, that is a, I mean, that's a thing I've, I've seen as a pattern over and over which creative, like truly creative and prolific people is like at a certain point, you kind of have to have a boring, like quote unquote boring life because you need some sort of ritual. You need some sort of, sacred time and you have to just produce and you kind of have to show up every day which like you mentioned is really tough especially when you're at a high level of proficiency and productivity and it's like man that is taxing yeah it is it's tiring you know and it but it's a muscle and everyone's heard that it's true you know i the my um what should we say my endurance you know my 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 ability to go for a very long period of time, um, working and, and creating, it's something that has built. And Zeus Jones, I mean, good lord, they are the place to <laughs> that push was you the into gold shape. gym for that muscle. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, it's it's crazy how much work. I mean, the reason I don't have a site, to be honest with you, is because I have produced so much work. You know, from yeah, like the United. Minnesota United kits and jerseys to reboot. Which is great stuff, by the way. Oh, thanks. I'm a huge soccer fan, so it's like the dream project. That was amazing. That's my man. Um, But yeah, I mean, they they whip you into shape. But to go back to your point, Grant, um, yeah, I mean, ritual is everything. And uh, I had mentioned at the beginning of the show that I do have specific anecdotes. Anecdotes. I have anecdotes for other things, too. (laughs) He has anecdotes, yeah. (laughs) Having both is vital. Yeah, you gotta have an anecdote for your anecdote. If it's <laughs> yeah, um, here's how I acquired this. But but there was a long time where I, you know, I've always been as as scattered and and I guess interested in many things as I am today. And for many years, you know, I would I would pursue all of these things at once, and really with like a reckless abandon. One day I'm, I'm an animator and I'm working on a claymation film and I'm molding clay at the kitchen table for my little figure even though I didn't have a light you know a light proof room and a camera rig it's like totally ridiculous and the <laughs> next day I'm working on you know like recording records and the next day I'm doing all this other stuff and eventually I got like really frustrated you know I got I got really upset and I was talking to my wife my then girlfriend Nikki about like you know what what do I need to do? You know, I feel like I'm constantly churning, but yet I am making no progress. You know, I'm like in this Sisyphean cycle of half created ideas. And she said to me, even I will admit she had said this to me probably a dozen times um, in the years that came before this moment. But for some reason I chose to listen to her wisdom this day. She's like, you just need to finish one thing. You need to see one thing through. And then you can use that experience to fuel all of those other things or a second thing or a third thing. And I think it was because I was so desperate to, to rid myself of this like anxiety and this really, I I would say abusive process, abusive to myself. Um, You know, it's not, it's not good to constantly be scattered and making no, no progress. You know, it it gives you anxiety or whatever. Deluded. Yeah. And um, so I, I said, okay, like, I'm focusing on one thing. I'm putting every other thing aside. And at the time I was at Zeus Jones, so I had to work at Zeus. But then in my spare time, um, I worked on books. I chose children's books and I created this program. I think Grant, I may have mentioned this to you, but the year of doing. Oh yeah. Where um, I told myself 365 days, one project for 15 minutes. That's all I need to do. One Every day I need to touch this project for 15 minutes at least and I need to complete it before I can you know gift myself another project and this you know the 15 minute thing happened because you know there are days when when I was at Zeus as creative lead I had to travel all the time to you know go to presentations and manage brands and all that stuff so I was flying so I'd be working out in the plane and the hotel and at home and and the thing I discovered was 
seven times out of ten that 15 minutes was 15 minutes but three times out of ten the 15 minutes turned into four hours Whoa. and and that that project that's probably my biggest project the whole year of doing idea is the thing that created um it's responsible for my ritual i mean it it eventually that's the that is the thing that weaned me off of television off of you know late night endeavors with friends again they moved so it was easier but <laughs> by focusing on it daily by creating these small very approachable daily rituals it allowed me to make tons of progress you know wow. and i got to see the the progress daily which made me feel confident it made me feel like i was making progress so i would you know be more open to working so so yeah, I have a ritual. It's like a very specific ritual that I follow every day. I touch something for fifteen minutes, and that's nice. Yeah, so I, I've got I've got two rituals I'm rocking right now. Yeah, mostly the one is is uh, inspired by the artist's way. Are you familiar with that, Joseph? Um, maybe remind me. No, it's just uh, it's like a it's a program from Julia Cameron. She wrote this book called The Artist's Way. She's like a really great screenwriter and play playwright okay and um this program is like a 12-week program that is uh, supposed to help you find your creative self and like be more prolific and mm -hmm. create and be an artist mm -hmm. and uh, one of the things in there is the morning pages I don't know if you ever oh yeah that. i have where you write in the morning yeah it's been great man i've been doing it i think for... i saw you tweet about that probably yeah i, I... <laughs> Whenever I'm doing something, I like to tweet about it. <laughs> so I'm I'm a big fan of that right now. It's like honestly, just for even from I think a psychological standpoint, I think it's great in identifying themes in your life that you aren't aware of, or like passions or interests or issues. Yeah. Um. It's like it's kind of a therapy in a way, and it's like it keeps you very present. Yeah. It keeps uh -huh. me very focused on my days, and I'm I'm already pretty focused. Like you know, my to do list is done the night before, and and whatever but like this now keeps me like kind of it is just a great start to the day awesome. it feels very accomplished and the other thing i've been doing like a daily i will call it an almost daily illustration series uh where i think we're 14 deep i think it's probably been about a month though so we're okay. looking at like <laughs> daily. every couple days. there's an asterisk after that after that daily right yeah <laughs> that's okay though i will or yes mostly I, I didn't have a title for the thing which i usually have a title for it but I just have been putting almost in um, in parentheses before okay. the illustration series. Yeah, <laughs> and almost is so flexible. Yeah, that's that's very forgiving. But, that but that's very been good forgiving. because it's just like it's a thing to to for me to like put on my list and just do. Yeah, absolutely. Just me sharp. Absolutely. You guys made some awesome points there. I just want to circle back to touch on two things that I thought were specifically interesting uh, and important. One is, and Grant just hit it like almost daily. It's imp and and you hit on it too, Joseph. When you said yeah. sometimes the fifteen minutes was fifteen minutes, the fifteen minutes part was strict, but sometimes it turned into more. And I think that's setting forgiving goals, goals that you know you can hit. Like if you sell set goals that are gonna force you to fail, then the goals are more harm than good. And I think you guys will both agree with yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, people Preach. get too ambitious with their goals sometimes, you know. Right, and they're really doing if, themselves. If it says service. never, if it says never or always, if it says that in your goal, maybe <laughs> you should revise your goal. It's not exactly, well, you know, it's, it's already unrealistic. Uh, and the other thing that you touched on, which I think is really well framed in this show's discussion, is being purposeful with the way that you invest your time. And Ooh. I think prior to your year of doing which i love that by the way i'm gonna i'm just gonna steal it i'm just gonna blatantly I own the steal domain it. so don't even try <laughs> nah listen vince just go get it we can take this guy down he's so stretched thin and all no, i told you that i was scattered there was a time where i was like self-help maybe i could like write a book called the year of doing and you know but mm. so i do own the domain grant don't make fun of me <laughs> Hey, listen, if, you, if you're looking for a collaborator, that's something I, I usually look for in projects is like in order to stretch myself, yeah, I, yeah. I'm always looking for a collaborator in a project because then I can like rely on that. You and know you what can I mean? pawn off the all the responsibilities. Going. No, really. That's Absolutely. a thing. I mean, that's a thing. Uh, no, it is. We should. But, well, sorry. But, I interrupted your. your... <laughs> at some point, hey, we should find something to collaborate yes, on. Yes, we should. And that could be it. 
Hey. Um, I, I interrupted that beautiful oh, yeah, and no problem, no problem summation of that. But again. before, I would say before your year of doing, I don't think that the investment of your time, at least the way you described it, seemed very purposeful. In fact, it might have seen the no, opposite. No. But then afterwards, yeah. just the fact that you were even just conscious of the reasons that you were investing time and energy into things made all the difference in the world. And I think yeah. that's something everyone... If you wanted to take one thing away from this discussion, I think that would be a valuable thing to take away. I mean, if we're talking about the theme of investment, um, you know, investment should be strategic. Absolutely. Regardless of its form, whether it's monetary or, you know, whatever, just time. Um, you know, it, you should know, you should have a reason for what you're doing, even if that reason is like, I'm tired and I want to watch a movie, you know, I need time to like refocus my energies. Um, but yeah, absolutely. You should be, you should, even if you have to sit down and write it out, you know, like Grant, you had said writing your morning papers or morning pages or whatever, um, helps you to focus. Yeah. Like create plans. It doesn't mean mm -hmm. they're strict. It doesn't mean they're System's totally, yeah. Like you've got to, you got to at least be aware of the next two or three steps and why you're chasing whatever whatever muse it is you're chasing. And speaking of two muses, things. by the way, is this a yeah, good time? Yeah, great. Vinny, your your money. <laughs> One point before that, Kai. Oh yeah, we okay, go Vince for money it. Go for it. Vince cashed all his coachy. Vince bring to the club coachy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, two things. One is um Just Whedon had a really good quote it was like a fast car article or something but he was just talking about um like keeping like staying inspired and yeah. something was uh in his off time him and his wife will go to like like if he has 12 days between like shooting whatever whatever he'll, they'll just go to a play every day mm. and he said that's something that just keeps his his wealth full yeah um and so he's investing there he's investing his off time in something that's going to just fill up his his wealth and so i think that's really valuable yeah absolutely um, but uh, what Vince was alluding to, muse-wise, muse was our off-topic topic today. This is something we do every and week our, to make sure our well stays There's not full. a week we don't do <laughs> And it. recharges okay. the always. conversation. The so always. this is an always thing we do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're destined to fail, Yeah, right? exactly. We're so you, you'll, you'll call us out on, like, episode 27 <laughs> when we forget to do it. And it'll just wreck us, and we won't make another one. I'll send a... you a morning pages. Clear. I'll send you a morning pages <laughs> the is, day after. You don't after. even know what that means. You're just going to send me a morning. <laughs> uh, Screw this guy, Vinny. Like, can we finish with that? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So our off-topic topic this week is is best live show, best live concert you've ever been oh, to. Man, you have a history it. and a passion oh, for I music. Oh, I love it. I love Joseph. it. He knows it. And this is why we picked the topic, because I knew you'd have a good one here. What What's your best live show? Okay. Do you want the short answer or the long answer? Long one, please. Yeah. Okay. Long, long answer is this. I um this is uh this makes me sound like a dick. Um <laughs> so, no you know, I played music space. for years. I've I played music in this band called The Alarmists, and we you know, whatever, very minor blip on the on the regional scene some years back. And um when I played shows and got really familiar with what it is that's going on up there from, you know, a technology standpoint, like the pedals, et cetera. And even from just whatever, being very familiar with what's going on behind the curtain, it really made it less fun for me to go to shows because when guys like guitarists were crouched down and making those really crazy faces because their guitar is making crazy noises, um, I knew it was just a delay pedal, you know, and it, it's like in some ways, oh man, the luster wore off. The magic, I saw behind you know? the curtain, right? Yeah, it's just like it was this bummer experience. So I stopped going to live shows for a really long time, um, and then I saw. Well, this I don't even know if this was before or after, but um, that the, the long the long story is that I and I'll end it here is that I I don't see many shows anymore because I just don't really have it's not as fun because i don't i'm not surprised as often as i was before i learned to play music um but two shows can i give you two yes of yes. course okay that's fine sparkle horse first avenue um, i love sparkle horse and sadly he is he committed suicide so he no longer is making music oh, man. um i don't even know why it was just the perfect show even though first avenue isn't always enjoyable he just 
blew me away. And um, the second would be the Walkman at 400 bar. And I think the reason why wow. this was my favorite is because I wandered in there by myself um, because I, I was flyering for a show that we were playing. So I just randomly went there and walked in. And how often do you go to live shows by yourself? Maybe you guys mm -hmm. go a lot, but I don't. So um, it was right before they really blew up like right after bows and arrows so it was super packed in the 400 bar and it was seedy and gross exactly yes. where live shows should be <laughs> yes and they yes. killed it so i'd say sparkle horse and uh the walkman what about you guys respectful we'll, we'll, we'll probably find those guys and put them in the show notes Anything oh absolutely Vince? no doubt do you have a favorite song over those guys maybe we'll link it um Ooh, pressure Man, under pressure? it's a wonderful life. Ooh. And uh, actually, no. What? Oh, I'm gonna have to. <laughs> I came at you hard there. You so came at me hard. Well, bo well bows and arrows. Bows and arrows is my favorite song by the Walkman. Cool. Okay. Um, so you can link to that one. It's fine. We got it. We'll do it for it's you. It's up. It's up. Um, I'll go next. Uh, yeah. So this this one's interesting, and maybe it's a cop out answer. In fact, I know it is. Oh, it no. is for sure. Uh, the show itself <laughs> no. was actually underattended, and the venue was mild at best. It was at the. Was it Bruno Mars <laughs> for the Super Bowl? Was that the show? Oh no! Wow, nice. <laughs> no, it was not. It was hot, hot heat at the oh, yeah. Kaufman okay. Student Union. Wow. Yeah. So when I was in school, I was a, a raving fan of these guys. Super poppy. Uh, yeah. I still yeah, like yeah. to listen to them from time to time. For nostalgia more than anything, but they were just starting to get pretty popular. They had a song on the radio. Uh, was it Bandages? Yes, was it was. It was indeed Bandages. Yeah. And so I was on the part of the uh, committee that was bringing this concert to Kaufman Student Union. And as part of that, we went to pick the band up from the airport. Oh, my god! And so I was sitting next to Steve Bays, the lead singer of Hot Hot Heat, legs touching. I was paralyzed with fear <laughs> and then we get the demand that they need they need to stop at the nearest taco bell and so i got to live a personal dream i never even knew i had i got to eat taco bell with hot what did you heat. order that's the big question what do you order in that was it a was it a cheese cholito <laughs> a cheese oh, a, yeah, a i don't cheese know if they make those anymore dude but <laughs> that's a it thing? was two chalupas that's a real I thing two Come chalupas on. And I couldn't tell oh, you what kind call. because I was in a blackout state. You got state. an extra crispy? I was just so nervous. Can yeah. I get these super hot, hot? Uh, oh, these hot, hot. <laughs> come on. No, but it was awesome. And even though the show was pretty pretty mild, it should have been better attended. I was just rocking my ass off because I was so hyped about the whole night. So I think oh, that's, that's the single that's best show story. I've ever been to. And you ordered but, well. Two chalupas. That's just hey, a safe song. Hey, man, order. that means a lot coming from you, dude. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, man. You're the authority on Taco <laughs> yeah. Bell orders in the band. I'm a vegetarian, for the record. Uh, hey, listen, I'm rocking. Uh, I'm. I got. I'm probably about four weeks deep. Oh, four really? Weeks Good deep for on you, the man. veggie life. Not that yeah, there's anything I wrong need with me. I to reach me. out to you for some advice. Yeah, marry a woman who loves to cook, or a man. I mean, hey, just marry. Right? Find a. <laughs> seriously though, find a partner who loves to cook. Okay. Yeah. Honestly, because I, I, I just I am straight. Just to clarify, but I appreciate the. Why'd I appreciate you clarify, where you're from there. What's that about? Hey, yeah. What. I wasn't even joking. I was, you know, I think I it's important. I know you were, and I, that's why I, I wasn't joking either. And Vince, there's nothing about that. I was just clarifying. <laughs> but he makes a great point. Nothing wrong with that. Like, no, one totally. of the biggest Surround challenges with a support in vegetarian system, eating is like <laughs> where to get where to get the food. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I will say I'm doing it. I'm doing it right now with a current girlfriend actually, and so that's been helpful. I, I don't think I would do it otherwise yeah. because it's like oh, it's like a thing. It's like a, oh, we can cook. Right, right. Exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, a moment to bond. Yeah, it's a bonding moment. Um, so, as far as live shows go, um, well, I, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give one, but I'm gonna do a quick side note on another, classic. which is actually, yeah, yeah, classic. Which is actually a show that um, the girl I'm dating right now, very very cool girl. Um, I was not dating her at the time, but I think this was actually sort of a precursor to us dating. Which, nice. regardless of that, this was a really cool thing. Um, basically, I was doing the, I was like helping plan the AIGA uh, design camp. Uh -huh. I don't, you're probably familiar, Joseph. Yep. You're probably not, Vince. No, uh, wait. Yeah, I, I know AIGA design okay. camp. I okay. met some of those people. Cool. Okay. Apologies. 
So anyway, I was helping to I was helping to plan that um, back in the fall, and uh, I got a Snapchat of a picture of a ticket. And so our, our meetings were at International Market Square in Minneapolis, and my route back uh, to the light rail was past first step. And I got a I got a Snapchat as I was leaving that was like, "Hey, got an extra ticket," and this was from from uh, that girl, Aaron, and uh, it was like, "Anybody want to go?" And I snapped back like, "Yeah, I'm in," and ended up like just going randomly to this Flume show. And oh, Flume man. was I didn't I didn't realize it at the time, but I'd actually been listening to one of his songs on repeat, but I didn't know it until I got there. And uh, anyway, that was just like an awesome experience because it was so spontaneous. You yeah, know, any, absolutely. Anything spontaneous is so cool. It sounds like that was year four hundred. Yeah, no, I think. Experience. Yeah, nowadays it's like if you can go in there somewhat, you know, like ignorant, it helps because yeah. you, you're like so hyper aware nowadays. Uh, Very good so, point. So my actual best show, um, it's kind of a weird one, and it was like. It wasn't an upbeat, hyper concert, but it was. It was actually the XX. Um, oh, I don't know if you, yeah, yeah. you're familiar. Right. Of course. Yeah. So they're. Yeah, I mean, they're a very chill, chill band. But um, it was those guys at First Ave again, and I'm a big fan of First Ave. I really just like shows there. And we were on the steps, like going down into the yep. kind of the pit. Yep. And so we were just elevated above the pit crowd, and I'm, I'm kind of a shark guy, so this was really helpful. And they had just a ton of smoke going like fog machine whatever and their music is just so like like trance and yeah and and they were just like kind of like going in and out of this fog and like above it and below it and their music it was just beautiful it sounded so good live and i i was just honestly like totally enamored for like yeah totally captivated for like two hours it was just amazing yeah just the best it was so good yeah i think it's hard i think it's hard um and maybe now their artists are paying more attention to their experience live because mm-hmm. they're not making any money off of record sales. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think it's hard to, you've got to, you've got to create an experience. And so f- I wouldn't, I don't want to say so few. Um, it's just when the, when I'll say this, when the experience is created, when it's a crafted live show, um, man, nothing beats it. You know? Yeah. It feels so good. Man, that is, that's really, that's very, very true. Right. Ain't that the Is trail? anyone feeling recharged? <laughs> I know I, I'm. I'm personally feeling recharged after that. I've What's been working on guys? entrepreneurial activities the whole time I've been talking <laughs> to you guys. I'm just kidding. You're such a dick. <laughs> uh, that was so, that was I'm feeling recharged. I want to listen to the XX now. Yeah, I'm going to put some on after this, after this cast. Do you guys are messing with the? I'm no, sorry, I really. No, I no. Like, I, I listen to the XX. Okay. All right. Yeah. We're cool. Are you? Are you guys on audio? I don't use it, man. I'm a Spotify kind of hardcore. Yeah, me too. Oh, That's really it. interesting. Uh, well, then I, I, I was going to follow you guys so that we could be music buddies, but I guess we'll have well, to remain. Can we get an account and follow you can instead? You, can you pitch me? What's that? Could you pitch me? I don't mind. Like, <clears throat> oh, on audio? Much of an yeah, please. Yeah. Oh, of course. Um, one, it's a super small team, so they're relatively independent, and they're like giving it an honest college go of, of building a company bootstrapping it and building it got to appreciate absolutely the ground up they only now after years of defiantly resisting it um included advertising in the free version uh so for years i have been enjoying audio ad free the design and the experience is impeccably crafted it's a beautiful beautiful um application and it's based less on the algorithm feeding you things and it's and it's really more rooted in two things. One, truly just allowing you to build your own library, to rid yourself of iTunes and to build um, a cloud-based collection of music that you love, but then relying on a curated set of friends to help you discover things. It's less based, it's less algorithmic and, and more human. So if I follow mm-hmm. Brian Danaher, one of my former colleagues at Zeus Jones, who's got just awesome taste in music, um, I rely more on him to show me what's great than I do the computer. Um, and I think that's a hugely important factor and they're not owned by any monolithic corporation, which not that they're not trying, but, um, if I'm, if I'm pitching you, that's what, that's one of my angles. I get it. It's it's hard for me to get behind like the, like by local angle. (laughs) I'm not saying it's local. It's just slightly smaller. I'm just saying it's the same like attitude though. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, it's more about the product and, I don't know. Oh, no, Consider me sold, but 
I really? Here's one thing I'm worried about. It was a great pitch. That was a great Jess, pitch. Don't get me wrong, but I'm like all the I things you two named. For two, man. I'm already using or like are already part of Spotify to me. But and Spotify is so poorly designed. Is it? Though? I don't know. Oh, I don't you know if I agree with that. I listen. Hey, I mean, I'm I'm coming from a design side too. It's easy, and like I can like drag and drop and do to do to do. But audios. Audios. Yeah. Well, this is a whole. This is another episode, you guys. Yeah, we'll get an episode show. off topic. What topic? No, we'll call it part two. It's not even another episode. It's just part two of episode one. Grant, I respect your decision to go Spotify. All right, I respect and, you, and I respect your decision Thank to go you. to go Audio, man. Maybe we'll meet Are in the middle cool? when some third. Can you know, I use beats. both? Yeah, all when Apple beats. launches their their killer. Wait, do the no, one I'm thing concerned. I will say about Beats? Can I tangent really quickly? Oh, to of beats? course. Fine. I, I'm, I've been known to tangent. They, I was, yeah. I was signing into Beats because I, I wanted to know what the experience was like. Check it out, you know, just to see what it was like. And yeah. they used gender identification, not traditional gender definitions. So it was, oh, yeah. I identify as male or female, uh-huh. um, trans or you know transgendered, whatever. So it was, I thought that was super progressive and super awesome. That's just that's cool. Showing that they took the time to like even think about that is two checks in the right direction my opinion hey I, yeah. i'm sorry this is so far from what we're talking about but i'm really curious about your opinion here even if even if this is something we cut out um i'm just curious about your opinion on because that's like a thing man that is such a thing especially to our generation um it, have you caught up on like the recent mozilla stuff the ceo no uh well basically the ceo has some very anti-gay like some sort of homophobic views <clears throat> and uh, it came to light recently because, like, OkCupid, mm-hmm. if you log into OkCupid from Firefox, mm-hmm. it, it has, like, a splash page that says, like, that says we don't so, – or, or, like, it doesn't seem like something we would do to take a political stance, but um, because of the homophobic views of the CEO of Mozilla, we feel compelled to put this out there, blah, blah, blah. Like, 8% of the relationships we've helped to cultivate of all people, which is really important to us, um, would not be like recognized wow. under this guy. Blah, blah, blah. We suggest you switch browsers. Yes. If you really want to use Firefox on OKCupid, click here. But we strongly recommend you switch That's browsers. Amazing. Oh man, I, I'm like so 100,000 cool? percent in favor of that. I mean, Nikki, my wife that. is a yeah. That's amazing. My wife Nikki's a high school teacher, and I can tell you. Um, there are openly transgendered transgendered students there. There are openly wow. gay students there, and that's something that would never have happened in my time. Mm. And it's not because it's a fad for them; it's because they're allowed to identify, you know. And so, seeing that, seeing you know, it's not that it's any different. Not that age determines the legitimacy of it, but um, you know, I just seeing the youth. Uh, being allowed to express themselves and identify uh, in whatever way they want makes me that much more passionate about fighting for equal rights. I mean, at Zeus, we did oh, the, yeah. the for all thing. And so, oh, yeah. I mean, like, I'm, I'm totally in favor of that. That's amazing. I'm going to look at OkCupid when I go, when I get yeah. off this call. Please do, man. It's a really cool thing. <sighs> Vinny, what, we got some last words. We probably got to go there, yeah, let's right? Do, let's do some last words. Uh, is there anything that you wanted to impart upon any listener that is looking for either advice or guidance or maybe just something to put in their pocket in terms of thinking about investing themselves in creative pursuits and how to do it a little better than they do it now? Is there something you would tell yeah. them? Hey, Vinny. Vinny, let me say, uh, I was on uh, my buddy Sukneet. Sukni has a podcast called Art of Change, which is really cool, and I would suggest people check that out at artofchange.co. But um, the thing they do, yeah, yeah, Jonas. A thing he does at the end of every podcast is uh, he does two things. What is what is one way people can support you, and what is one thing people can take from this to like start applying to their lives? And I was like, oh wow, that's great. That's, like that is what, pretty. Yeah, what, yeah, what is the way to support the person who is who is like giving this advice, and, and what is something that they can start and doing? Since we have so, a proud tradition I, of ripping curious. off other podcasts. <laughs> Steal like an artist, man. Hey, <laughs> side a... note, I, I watched uh, Austin Keown, who, who wrote the book uh, Steal Like an Artist on Chase Jarvis live today. I watched him oh, on sweet. there. He's great, man. I don't know if you've ever read no, that book. No, never had a chance. Of you guys, but mm-hmm. it seems really great. I've just seen a lot of like snippets of it, but it, he seems like a really cool dude. He also did um, Newspaper Blackout. Have you, have you ever seen that project? No. 
basically he writes a poem every day and then like he he redacts the entire newspaper except for the words of the poem mm, interesting it's, it's it looks it just looks really cool and it's just like a cool ah. thing so okay show notes that i'm sure but um yeah joseph so and, and a way people can support you mm. and then something that uh, people can take from this and start applying well i think um Checking out Hum would be the the easiest and and most direct way to to support. Where do they do that? Uh, on the App Store, it's well they could go to www.justhum.com for all of the information they need, or just search for Hum on the App Store, and it's the teal little icon with an H that is cleverly shaped like a music. I just did it right shaped. now. I'll give it as to we're you. talking, and it quite clever, clever design. I have oh, to say. Oh, thank you. Um, so yeah, I would say check out Hum. Uh, go to the site justhum.com would be the fastest way um, and buy my book but that's not until 2015 so we'll have to do another show by then so yeah, check out Hum and then um, I'd say for like part the, two yeah part two um, <laughs> yeah. right the knowledge or whatever the... that's gonna be awesome let me just say this like, can we please hope that this thing is still going <laughs> and that we get we get to 2015 and uh, it's episode eight part two yes <laughs> like I, I Hopefully, at that point, we would be at like episode like forty five or fifty happen. or something. <laughs> I'm putting it in my calendar right now. Yeah, oh. throw it in your calendar. I'll tweet. I'll, you're gonna I'll tweet that. at you. You're gonna be so so far out of our pay grade by then that you're not gonna want to have anything to do with this. No, no way, never. Um, Thanks, okay, man. this is a perfect segue because I'm a professional, as you said at the beginning of this you are, you are. this radio program. Um, and Grant knows this all too well, but I think. Um, finding, I don't want to use the word mentor because it is an abused word because true mentors, um, invest so much more than just a quick email here and there. But I would say finding somebody who can help guide you to where you need to go. And if it's a mentor in its fullest and truest form, awesome. But I think it's really important to connect yourself on a more personal basis with somebody who is where you want to be. And that's not to like have them tell you how they did it, but more to have them help you remain honest with yourself and your process and what it is that you're doing to hold you accountable to your goals and your dreams. So um, whether that's me or Grant or you know a senior designer or a writer, an author, I mean, I've called people, I've cold called people, um, Doug Powell, who's now oh, wow. chair of IBM. He was my mentor great, for... Great, Oh, wait, he doesn't have a beard, does he? No. Um, he No, he used to, I think, for a while. Okay. <clears throat> but yeah, he. I just called him. I emailed him and said, hey, I'm looking for somebody to help, you know, help me get to certain places. And he came and had coffee with me, and we met several, several times and emailed, and we still remain in contact. So finding uh, somebody who you aspire to be and having them help you figure out who, you know, what your version of, of that person is. Yeah. That's great advice. That's, man. I mean, well, you yeah, do that Grant. Absolutely. You're, you're a big fan of mentors. Oh, huge fan. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure I, would, I, that actually sparked something. I'm pretty sure at one point I was like, Hey, like, do you want to like be a mentor? Yeah. Did I, I think I asked you that, right? I think, well, I think we did. Yeah. I think we, well, like, but it felt kind of weird cause I'm not that much older it did. than you. It and... did. I, I think that was what you were like, eh. Like, eh. I just <laughs> like felt like it would have been disingenuous. Touch, but... <laughs> I, I'll still mentor you, though, Grant. I will. Hey, I appreciate that, man. No, no, and I appreciate I appreciate that. I like your reaction. It made a lot of sense. Um, it, at the time, I was just like, "Oh, you're doing, you're doing it, man. <laughs> this guy, this guy keeps it real. He knows what's up." Um, and you still do, but uh, yeah, I'm a huge fan of mentors. Like, I, I mean, it, I must quote to a fault. Well, I do quote to a fault. I can admit that at this point. But I had a mentor who uh, is a senior copywriter at Target. Mm-hmm. His name is Sage, Sage Ryder. He's just an awesome dude. And um, he, back in the day, was just so supportive of me. And he just sent me a quote that was just like the one. It was like, uh, jump and a net will appear. Right. And that one just like kind of like sent me off, sent me off the deep end. So. It made you jump no, true, in man. a matter of speaking. It did. I think it you did. actually it made you tweet too. I swear I saw that one as well. That's oh, a good I, I quote. I tweet that one daily. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It takes that's, that's why. Literally, no. almost no impetus for Grant to tweet. He will tweet anything. <laughs> I hate you guys. <laughs> hey man, you've amassed quite a following. Yeah. Well, I do. You know, I send out all the tweets. So. But that yeah. is a, no, that's but, just um, something great to take away from this discussion. 
mentors, mentors, if I can speak, mentors are so important for like an endless number of reasons, but kind of showing you the way through practice. And like you said, keeping you honest to yourself in terms of how you invest your time and energy. Uh, I mean, it makes a world of difference. Yeah. Well, um, I um, a whole world. I should probably get going, guys. My kids are sitting yeah, yeah. upstairs it with does, knives. I left hey, them with a set so of much. toy knives, and I'm hoping they are okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. If what people wanted doing, to man? follow you or get in touch with you really quick, where would they find you? Uh, they can IM me at JS Kiefler. That's K U E F L E R. Um, I'm a big fan of Instant Messenger. Cause oh, I'm, you're serious? Yeah, oh, dude, totally. They can hit Sorry, me up. Sorry, I, I thought you meant it like AIM. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Well, I, actually, it is, an, it is an AIM account running through iChat because I found nice. that it's more consistent. Um, but yeah, hit me up on chat. Uh, they can follow me on Twitter at Joseph Kiefler. And um, they can email me at joseph.kiefler at gmail.com. I um I swear I'm gonna have a site up soon. I've just been kind of busy to, and I don't Dude. mean that tongue in cheek, but it's like, ugh, designing a site takes so much time. It's a pain in the um, ass. So yeah, follow me on the social channels and, and chat me during the workday. Man, hey, thank you so much for your time and for your energy. I really think this is like valuable. Yeah, stuff thanks very much, going. Joseph. That's thanks awesome. For giving it. Oh, thanks for having the show. This is great, and um, I'm obviously honored to be here and i'll come back anytime even if it's like the well, andy richter annoying i mean excuse me <laughs> well not even that i'll be like nice. the andy richter guy who's just in the background yeah. the oh, peanut gallery be you know? careful my friend be careful <laughs> hey i got a nice mic so i gotta do something with it <laughs> well, all right guys thanks well, again, so much. i think we can ship it ship it okay.